It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It is the Lockdown Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans? Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It is the weekend mailbag, even though I thought it was Friday when I left work today, and it's in fact Thursday now as we record this. Joe, what are you doing this weekend? Well, I start working my night shifts this weekend. Bummer. Um, But my wife organized my side of the garage today and threw some things out, so in my free time, I'm going to try and find what she threw in the trash. (laughs) Gotta retrieve those things. Because, you know, it, like, it'll be two months later, and I'm like, where is that screwdriver? I knew she threw it out. It is somewhere in New Jersey or something. Exactly. Wherever the trash goes. As always, you can get the Locked On Bengals podcast on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Without further ado, Joe, let us get into some questions. Okay. Our first question comes from Ryan at CincyDay97. Who are five Bengals that you think can turn into Pro Bowl players? So first I'm thinking, all right, so who's been a Pro Bowler on the roster? And we basically have Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, uh, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap. Yep. And that's it, right? Yeah, I would say that's it. Yeah. So I'm going to say on the defensive side, instantly who I think of is William Jackson and Jesse Bates. I could easily see both of those guys being in that discussion this year, if not next. And if yep. You know, if, if it's not this year or next for William Jackson, then he's probably fallen into the uh, Jonathan Joseph, Leon Hall, you know, kind of forgotten about level in, in Cincinnati yeah. at corner. So, uh, but I do think he, he's talented enough. So I'm, I'm going to say those two right off the bat. And then three other guys, Tyler Boyd, if he puts together another year like he did this past year, he could mm-hmm. easily be in there. Mm-hmm. The obvious one is Joe Mixon. He can mm-hmm. uh, yep. quickly ascend to that level. And I, I'm going to say... It may be a long shot. I don't think it's this year. Maybe it's the year after. But Jonah Williams would be the fifth guy. Yep. I'm with you on all five. The other ones that you could see, like, everyone's hyping up John Ross big time, right? Everyone's saying, like, he looks great. He's he's looking dominant. And this was Tyler Wright for today did a Q&A on The Athletic. Go check that out if you haven't. And you're an I haven't. subscriber. He did a Q&A, took questions directly from fans, and I didn't get there in time to ask him to come on the podcast. But... Somebody mm. asked him about John Ross, and he said John Ross looks dominant. So mm. another player talking about John Ross, talking about other guys that might make a Pro Bowl. Carl Lawson? Sure. Will he ever have – he may not even ever be on the ballot, right? Yeah, but he might 
just make it one year. Just, I mean, we're talking about five guys that could turn into Pro Bowl players, and he's one. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'll go with the next one here. It's from Andrew Wells. He said, in the last mailbag, you compared the 2015 roster to the 2019 Bengals. Personally, he thinks his team resembles the 20, uh, 20, 2009, the 09 team, and the runaround from 08. If you remember, they revamped the O line, turned into a running team behind Cedric Benson. Uh, really tried to get that team back from that Owens and Chad 08. No, it wasn't. That wasn't it. That was the. That was when Carson got hurt 08. So yeah. Uh, but anyways, he continues. Andrew here says, uh, quarterback coming back from injury, low expectations, a wide receiver number one, saying they'll surprise people. Jake, what are your thoughts on that? There's a new coach. That makes everything different. I, I mean, you can't really compare them to the 2015 Bengals either. But right. when you're talking about the last time they were very good, the last time we thought they had a chance at actually winning in the playoffs, I think that 2015, that year they lost to the the Chargers, I think. I thought they would win that game. Yeah, was that 13? I can't remember what year it is. I don't remember which order. It, it, it went Texans, working... Texans, Chargers, Colts, then Steelers. Yeah. And against the Colts, they didn't have any receivers. Right. And against the Texans, well, we don't talk about the Texans games. But I do think Andrew's on something in terms of... Yeah, there's some parallels. Reinventing the roster with the same roster. Yeah. Right? And, and like you mentioned, the whole running theme and rebuilding the offensive line, those are both true this year, too. I think that they could be equally or similar in quality yeah. as well. Where yep, you're, you're, even if you're expecting them to be bad, we at least this year see the chance. Like we can see the path to the playoffs, but right. seeing the path to the Super Bowl, well, you, you have to squint a lot harder and put on some orange glasses. And I think we, the reason we use 2015, not because someone asked us, but because that is the benchmark. So we want to know right. how far is this team from that team. Right. And that's what I was saying. Like that's the last time we thought they were really good and had a chance to go deep into the playoffs. And so. If that's how we want the team to look, well, yeah, that, that's what we're going to compare them to. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you're, you're on to something, Andrew. I think that's a good point. I think there are some parallels there. Next question comes from Kyle Scobo at Scoby Snacks, a weekly contributor to the Bengals mailbag. What is your most enjoyable individual play from your Bengals fandom? And conversely, what's your least favorite play? Example, mm. mine would be the play that I referenced in some podcasts in the last two weeks is blurred together at this point in my head. The Leon Hall tipped pass that Brandon Stokely caught and ran with for 70 yards for a touchdown. Or he also mentions a Jamal Lewis long run to seal the 40, uh, sorry, 51 to 45 win for the Browns. I'm still shocked to this day that the Browns won that game with 96 points in the game. Yeah, remember that? Uh, I'm going to start with my worst, and it was the perfect hit on, um, on Antonio Brown. And... I know that Jeremy Hill was a, probably more of a direct causation to the loss, I think, because you were not at the game there. The game's over anyways. But I think when that hit happened then the flags on the flags after the play, I, it it quickly turned from, okay, a completion to, oh, they're in field goal range to, oh, they're in good field goal range. This is it. This is how they're going to lose. Wow. And I remember just being completely shocked and stunned I, I think a quick number two would be Carson Palmer getting his knee shredded on that deep pass in the playoff game yep the knee was rough to watch the uh fumble was worse for me than the perfect hit after the fumble I, I thought they've they've they're gonna lose 
and I didn't even need the, the fumble was all I needed to see in terms of a turning turning tide. And yeah, like once once the penalty happened, it was like, well, now they're definitely going to lose. I was in a little bit of denial until that point, but right. the fumble was worse for me. But if you remember, Big Ben wasn't the quarterback when they fumbled. He came back in once they got the ball again. Maybe maybe it was when he came back in is when I yeah, thought. Yeah, right. You're like, yeah. damn. I, I can't stand the way he goes in and out of games, man. It drives me nuts. So the positive side, what what do you have? Do you have one that immediately jumps out for you? Uh, there's some Chad Johnson memories that I think yeah. of quite fondly. There's that Peter Warwick punt return against yes. the Chiefs that I think of quite fondly. The, uh, it's hard. If, if they had, I mean, if they had a signature playoff, would it be that AJ Green catch against the Steelers yep. in that game that they went on to lose in 2015? I know. I'm thinking of a bunch of Chad. I mean, not Chad. Uh, AJ Green catches in clutch moments. I'm thinking of the one against the Ravens. Do you remember that when it was back and forth at the end? Steve Smith for the Ravens and 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 was it the one AJ they lost Green. in overtime? The the Hail you know, Mary that was tipped no. And then this was a different one. I think they one. win this game. Geo picks up a nice blitz on the left side there, even though he kind of gets pushed back into Dalton. Dalton fires it up the seam as Green's in the slot, and Green breaks two or three tackles and runs in, oh, into yeah. the end zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They win that game. I mean, and that goes back and forth a couple times, but uh, I don't think that was the signature moment, but I, that just stands out in my mind of, man, I can't believe, you know, for a team and, and really a lot of the players that you felt wouldn't step up in big moments. There there has been uh, quite a few. They, they were really good at coming back for a large yeah. part of the early, early Andy Dalton era. Andy Dalton has a... a Surprising amount of fourth quarter comebacks. And to his 09, point. too. Speaking yeah. of 09, yeah, remember yeah, how many yeah. times I, Andre Caldwell up the seam versus the oh, Ravens? Uh, Chad versus the Browns at the end. Uh, don't Andre Caldwell catching one against a long drive against yeah. the Steelers to come back. I mean, there was a lot of cardiac cat moments in that season. Oh, you know what might be my favorite Bengals moment? Oh, it was. It was they, they beat the Steelers to clinch a playoff spot and also maybe knock the Steelers out of the playoffs. What when was that? Are you talking recent? With yeah, Dalton yeah, yeah. Green? I was and they had I to throw was... the sideline throw and to get him yeah. in the field goal range. Yeah, the yeah, corner the, route. The corner route. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's their throw, man. Yeah, the AJ Green, Andy Dalton on the corner route. If you follow me on Twitter, you've heard me talk about this before. That was that's... after Sean Williams' interception. Yeah, so that'd be like 2013. I was in Florida at the time. I remember that. Maybe 2014, but yeah, that that was a good one. Because I'm pretty sure it knocked the Steelers out of the playoffs too, didn't it? Yes, I remember writing about that play. Yeah. That was uh, one of his best throws of his career. I, I recently, um, re- as I'm going through the videos of players on the Bengals roster, I haven't made one for Dalton because I made one after his first five weeks, and I would say all those throws would continue to be his best throws. Maybe one more against the Bucks. He had a good one. But uh, yeah. And someone said to me, man, how many of these throws are in his top five of his career? And I was like – Four, maybe? And the other one I'm thinking of is that one against the Steelers on that He's corner route some, that set them what, up. What about that throw to Eifert against Seattle? Yeah, and that, that's such a great catch. Yes, that's one of his – that would be up there. But he yeah. had so many this year that were just – and maybe not clutch moments, but just, oh, yeah. my God, high, high that skill was cap. in him. Yeah. And, and doing things that we – like rolling left in particular. Yeah, there's two against up. the Panthers that yeah. are throws that are easily skill-level-wise – Two of his best of his career. Which is a reason to be optimistic if you want to be optimistic about 2019. We've said this. Yep. All right. Next question from Jojo Jammer at Twitter on Twitter at win one Super Bowl. We share that sentiment. 
He says that both AJ and Tyler Boyd get new deals. What current starter or first off the bench will be released to free up the money? Well, if they need to free up money, which they don't to extend those two, to be clear, (laughs) this year it would be obviously Clint Bowling as the cut candidate if they need to make a camp cut this year. If it's next year, I think it's Cordy Glenn. And to to project this, and if you don't follow Andre Perota on on Twitter, JoJo Jammer, you should. Uh, AJ Green's deal could actually be a lower cap hit this year if he gets extended. So it it actually may free up a million or so. Tyler Boyd, on the other hand, would get a significant raise year one. So that money, if they needed it, they have it, they they can afford it. But uh, if they needed it, it'd come from Clint Bowling. The only reason they would have to cut somebody this year is if they decided to offer Gerald McCoy $12 million. And, of course, the update there is he went to Carolina. And the vibe I'm getting is that he might prefer Cleveland, but also somebody else, some uh, Ben Albright tweeted that he's taking seriously his search for who he believes is the best contender. Interesting. Yeah. Next question? Yeah. From Kyle again. It's up to Kyle you. Scoble. There's some other potential cap cuts. But I think those two are the most likely. Kyle Scoble asks, would you rather the Bengals win a title this year, but they never beat the Steelers for the rest of your life, or the Bengals don't win a title in your lifetime, but no matter what, the Bengals always beat the Steelers until the day you die? This is tough. Honestly, when I thought about it, I read it, tried to read it a couple different ways to make sure I, I knew what he's saying. And then once I once I was sure, I still wasn't sure. Now, the ultimate goal is to win a title. You win one, I'm going to be happy for a long time, right? But something dies inside every time they lose to the Steelers in painful ways. And I, and I don't know how much longer if they, so they wouldn't want in 2019. Right. And then we deal with them getting their head kicks and kicked in by the Steelers, but that doesn't mean they won't win one. That just means they got to go through the Steelers or deal with those two losses every year um, for history. So I, I guess I would take that and deal with the lumps afterwards. You would take what? The, the championship this year. I would take the championship too. I would rather win a Super Bowl than than lose than, than beat the Steelers every game and never win a Super Bowl because honestly it's getting to the point that like I, I just don't care about the games. Like yes, I don't like the Steelers and I enjoy when bad things happen to them on the football field, of course. But of course, yeah. Just just in case it's not clear. Right. But like I don't I don't care. Win a Super Bowl. It wouldn't lose to the Steelers 16 times in a season and win a Super Bowl. Not that that math works at all, but I, I don't care. You won the Super Bowl. Sorry, my phone buzzed there, guys. You ready for the next one, then? Before we're on Almost, that? but we're going to oh. take a quick break. <laughs> okay. Today's episode has been brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Take a vacation. It's summertime. The kids are going to get off of school. Go do something fun. Use Hotels.com to book your trip. Get rewarded. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Hotels.com. We'll be right back. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. It is our weekend mailbag. Our next question will jump right in from Tyler Lindsay. Tyler, thank you for the continued support and questions on the podcast. Uh, But he asks, with the NBA Finals starting tonight, what's your 
gentlemen thoughts on leagues having dynasty franchises such as the Patriots and the Golden State Warriors. Is it a good thing to have the team that everyone hates outside the fan base or does it ruin the experience overall? And he also asks, who do you have, Jake, Warriors or Raptors? I see no reason to bet against the Warriors, even though I'm in Canada. And let me tell you, it's a national point of pride for Canadians. They are rooting for the Raptors, even out here on the West Coast. Even on the West Coast. I can see Toronto from uh, not too far from my house. And can you throw a rock and hit it? No. got to juice I, that arm. Let me tell you, though, uh, at baseball the other day, I threw a baseball about 270 feet, and I was and I hurt my shoulder. But uh, Yeah, of course you hurt just, your shoulder yeah. in your 30s. For about a day, I was like, my, man, I didn't expect that to happen. But I think I can hit 300. I think I can hit 300 feet. I'm going to try it. I cannot. I'm very sure of that. Uh, thoughts on dynasty teams though. I like them more for some reason in the NBA than in the NFL and the, even though they're more oppressive in the NBA for whatever reason, it's more fun for me to watch teams like the bulls or the warriors or the heat less. So the Lakers actually less. So the heat and like it's gotten a little bit less fun since it's been, like, constructed teams instead of homegrown teams. But the reason that the Warriors are still fun is because, you know, Kevin Durant isn't even playing right now. So it's mostly just the guys they drafted and put together, and and they're just crushing it. This could be five in a row if it weren't for that slip-up last year against, or was it last year or two years ago? Yep. Whenever that was. Yeah. Uh, But in the NFL, I don't know. It feels worse. It feels like the NFL is supposed to have more parity. Although I think the NBA would prefer to have the same sort of parity that the NFL has. I think has. they would, yeah. I, I'm sure they would, but... Especially between East and West, I think. Dynasties in the NFL aren't supposed to happen. Because there's so many players, and there's so much injury, and a superstar only carries you so far, even though the Patriots have been the best team in the NFL for the last, I don't know, 15 years. They've only won so many Super Bowls, right? They don't win it every year. But they're in it every year. And if it, if yeah, they were in our division, sucks. we'd be mad. Yeah, it sucks. It's oppressive. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. If, if I was a Bills fan, I would hate it. Right. You'd be like, this is bullshit. We can never win anything. Yeah. Yeah, so, dynasties are probably bad for sports. They're probably bad. But at the same time, I don't want to... I don't want to get to the point where we set rules to where you can't keep your best players, right? Like, if, it, if you... I don't want to see teams that just have to dismantle. I felt like when the salary cap in the early 2000s, even so late 90s, early 2000s, teams were like, well, we won the Super Bowl. We got to dump off half these guys because they just couldn't manage the cap. They've gotten so much better at it. And yeah. the cap has just grown so much that it doesn't matter. But there was a, a span where it was like, well, we won one. We got to retool this team because of it. Yeah. Well, there are at least the maximum. Are there maximum salaries in the NFL? Maybe there aren't. No. But maybe there should be for quarterbacks eventually. There's maximum salaries in the NBA. I don't think you can cap salaries in the NFL. The owners make too much money. Yeah, that's probably fair. The salary cap, on the other hand, I mean, it's a whole other thing, right? Like, it doesn't exist in baseball. It's an issue in baseball, especially for small market teams like the Reds. But I don't know. I don't know I what the it. answer is. Somebody smarter than me does. When the Yankees were spending crazy money, you remember that? And they just they were are. so good. Yeah, but I mean like 2000, early 2000s when they were just – they were a dynasty then. They when just Jesus don't have to spend as yeah, yeah. You're right. They just don't have to spend as much right now because they have Aaron Judge, who was a minor leaguer. They brought up, and they have the catcher whose name I forget. Anyway, 
but I hated that as an Indians fan that they build enough. Oh, they had the best farm farm team for about 15 years. Constantly. I, that's why I'm an Indians fan because their farm team was Buffalo Bisons and constantly homegrown talent coming up and being good. And they just couldn't pay them. They just kept letting them walk. And yeah. you know, they got to a couple of world series, couldn't win. And that's it. it was... so I suppose we're thankful for the salary cap in the NFL to some degree, but at the same time, there there are problems inherent there that the benefit owners in ways that perhaps it shouldn't. Anyway, next question. Yeah, it's up to you. What do you mean it's up to me? Evan McPhillips asks, if you could change one decision, could be a coaching hire, fire, a different draft pick, a free agent that the Bengals signed, that the Bengals made in the last five years, what would it be? Is this easy? I think it's easy. I don't think it's easy, and I think okay. they're intertwined. Because I'm going to start with what led it off, and that's the selection of Cedric Oboehi. Uh mm-hmm. And that shouldn't have happened. I was completely against that at the time. I wouldn't have touched him in the first two rounds. Now I'd have to look at the draft to tell you who I would have taken. We we, we did a redraft of 2015, so it's in there somewhere for me. But uh, that led to the string of bad decisions. And that, and it, it it didn't have to, but they allowed it to. And, and because of it, 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 you're probably going to say the Andrew Whitworth move. No, I'm going to say draft Patrick Mahomes. Ah, you're right, actually. We are using hindsight here. You're right. You're right. I mean, if, if if we're picking one move to make to change the trajectory of the franchise, you take the next no, that's it. generational yes. quarterback, period. Yes, that's what you do. Yeah. It's, it's not even a question. That's, I mean, it is a question, but that's, not what, that's what we do. You do make a good point about the 20, 2015 NFL draft. If they had picked, say, Byron Jones or... Bernardic McKinney or somebody who went even later than somebody that. Somebody who Eddie, wasn't Eddie a complete was bust. Um, yeah. Yeah. Grady they, Garrett. First they, round. Yeah, they got destroyed by the 2015 draft. But the, the thing that would change the Bengals the most is yes. finding a quarterback. 100%. I, I retract all analysis and statements I made on the subject, <laughs> and it is Patrick Mahomes, without a doubt. For once, okay. I got Joe, you guys. It's Vote it. for mean, Jake, 2019. What do you... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know what year it is. Next question, please. It's from Chaz at Chaz Perrin. Chaz Reinhold. Anyways, uh, would you consider doing franchise history stuff? West Coast offense, zone blitz, hurry up, Mel Blount rule, or did the prior host already cover that? I don't know if uh, James did re- uh cover that but i do think we'd like to do more history things for the bengals i'm not a bengals history buff by any means but that we can learn together learn it yeah we can we can do some history lessons although i mean the the, the history for the bengals like paul brown's really interesting oh for sure i want to skip the 90s there's so, some history there well we can we're, we need to fill some space in the next six weeks or so that's true I think we could even start at, you know, 1960. What year was it? Is six? Um, I don't even know what year the Bengals started. 64? When was 50 just happened, though? So that had to be. That was last year, right? Was yes. it last year's 50? So um, it would have been 1968? Is that math? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't think it's exact, right? It's because it's, uh, it's going to be off by one year. You know how that works. Is that Carry how the works? one, divide by six. Anyways. Uh. Point being, we could start there. Whenever that was, and then we can do one year a day and just say what happened that year, who were the best players, what happened uh, in terms of their success or failure, and and who they drafted. That'd be cool. I'm gonna have to read a history book. I, I would like to talk about Greg Cook. That'd be fun. You know, there's like some 60 year old Bengals fan right now, and we enjoy your your listenership, but uh, he's angry right now at us. Oh yeah, 
I mean, 100%. obviously, we, we are, he would have been angry. I don't know if we have, you know, I know we, no, do, we do. Have, we, I know we do. Yeah, you're right. But you're right. They're probably just angry at us every day. We, we're watching a different game than they are, and we don't have the historical knowledge that they do. We're coming at it fresh. And, and like I've said, I really only, only really started paying attention to the Bengals when Marvin Lewis came along. Yeah, and I had a, a longtime follower, and he's, I think he's an older guy recently, and he said, uh, uh, man, when did you start being completely stat-oriented or numbers or analytics-oriented? And, and I thought, I'm not. I Actually, I've been known as a film guy, if anything, but it's the off-season. There's no it's new the film. It's the off-season. Yeah. Right. Like, what, what do you want to do? Do you want us to go watch Andy Dalton's film again and be like, yeah, man, here's the same things we've been saying about Andy Dalton for the last 10 years? Right. When the season starts and we actually have things to break down and talk about, this pod, podcast is going to sound a lot different. It was, was That may not be good if you like what we currently put in there, but uh, you know, having actual games to talk about and film to break down will influence us and steer our conversation much more. Yeah. No more drafting teams to save the world. Before our next question, we do need to take our second break here. Joe, I'm going to try to get you a belt again. Has anybody contacted you about getting yes. you a Grip 6 belt? There has been, yes. It worked. You're welcome. Well, I didn't get, get it me, yet, so we got to see. But If anyone wants to get me a present for getting Joe a present. Untuck it. Those shirts, you like those shirts, Jake. Shipping will be very expensive. To an shipping island on Canada. To an island in Canada yeah. is expensive. So a couple other sponsors to mention. Untuck it, like you said, I really like their shirts. And there is a promo code out there. Untuckit.com. Use promo code NBA to get 20% off. And these are button-down shirts. They have a, a few different styles out there. And I do appreciate the way they're cut. Also, Grip6 belts. Get one for Joe. Get one for your dad. Get one for your kid. Get your kid to get one for you. No holes, no flap. Great low profile. Looks comfortable. Grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E for your special offers. We'll be right back to finish up the mailbag. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Bengals Podcast, segment three of the mailbag. I'm going to jump right in. David Schmidt from Schmeezy XU. I assume that's Xavier, huh? Anyways, he asks, will we see the offense be more aggressive on fourth and short? Is that something the Rams offense did under McVay? So the Rams actually went for it in the bottom third of the league last year at only 15 times on fourth down. But they also had the fifth best third down conversion rate in the NFL. So they faced fourth down less frequently. They were a very efficient offense. And on those fourth downs that the Rams went for those 15 times, they only made it six times. The Bengals, by comparison, went for it 17 times last year, made it nine times, which is uh, 53% about, whereas the Rams only made it 40% of the time. So, interesting. But Joe, as you're going to point out to us shortly, there is something to be said about the efficiency of going forward on fourth down. And this is something that Smart Football on Twitter covers pretty well as well. He does a good job of breaking down when it's a good idea to go for it, when it's a good idea to kick it. And Joe, you wrote yeah. an article about this. 
Yeah, this was midseason, I think after a loss to the Steelers. And the Bengals punted a couple times in Pittsburgh's territory or made some bad decisions on third downs that really forced the punt also because I think that's a big thing. Uh, but I, I went back and looked at numbers from t- 2003 to 2015, and NFL teams decided to punt the ball um, – on 74% of their, their chances in this range. So the range is between the 40s uh, going in. You know what I mean? Yep. And so so the Bengals uh, – I'm sorry, the Bengals have punted 74 times. A- NFL teams punted 69% of those, those opportunities. Mm-hmm. The good teams that I listed here are the uh, Rams, Eagles, Patriots. They have gone for it in those, in those uh, opportunities 82% of the time. So They've the Rams won the for team. It? Yeah, they went for it. So 40 yards going in. So they're going to go for it on the fourth and one rather than kick a long field goal. Yeah. Uh, so these are the same situations we're comparing, though. Yeah, the Bengals punted way more than, than the average. The Bengals punted 70-plus percent of the time, and the Patriots, Rams, Eagles, et cetera, went for it 80% of the time? Yes. That's, teams. That's teams are, this is over the last two years. So it's gone from 74% to the last two years being 16 and 17, which was what I had the data on. It, it jumped from – it jumped – 5% going up while the Bengals went down 5% of going for it. So teams started going for that more, and the Bengals started going for it less in the last couple of years. And this is really the basis of my article. Interesting. Interesting. We talked about this a little bit in terms of the confidence in Randy Bullock, and you'll see my Twitter tirades about why Randy Bullock is not the answer. He's a kicker who should pro- who will probably belong on an NFL team, but only after your starting kicker gets hurt. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Mr. Do you Twitter, have the next one or do you? No, Mr. Twitter at oh, okay. your boys back asks. Yeah, he's back. He's back. What has a better chance of happening this season? The Bengals ending their losing streak against the Steelers or the Browns winning the division? Better chance of happening. Mm, I would say that the Bengals beat the Steelers, right? Yeah, that's the Browns one game. have a decent chance, right? But that means they have to win ten to eleven games when they haven't done that in a long time. Rather than the Bengals just win one game against Pittsburgh, yeah, that's that could happen. I think that the, yeah, just because any given Sunday, right? Even though it hasn't felt exactly. that way against the Steelers, that's still the league we live in. I I think that yeah one hundred percent honestly like I I'm not sure how good the Steelers are. I was gonna say that the gap shouldn't be too large. People talk about there's uh, who was it Benjamin Solak did the the top third year players in the AFC North. Yes, surprisingly a lot of good players, man. The all three those three teams hit their drafts. Yeah, but he he's and you kid you don't argue with Smith Schuster right? That was that was, this is his third year. And he has, he has T.J. Watt in there, which I guess you can't really argue with either because he's been better than average. And he has James Conner in there, too. I think right. James Conner is just a guy. I think they have a good offensive line. I think T.J. Watt is above average. I'd take him. But I don't think he's great. Yeah, you take him, but like you take him for – you're going to take him off the field on third down if you have the no. Bengals roster. I am. Would you, or you'd figure out different ways. He'd probably be the, one of their best four but rushers. You'd have to figure out how. I mean, can he go inside? No, but I'd move Dunlap inside. I think it'd be worth it. I think I think I want Dunlap on the edge. Doesn't matter. This is not a decision that we have to make. No, we're not I, building an AFC North roster here. Nope, nope, we're not. And we wouldn't take any Steelers anyway. Nope, we wouldn't have. So. Right, I guess you should ask the next question. I hate that you favorited this. 
Why, you don't like what this next question is from our guy Dusty Balls 08? This ended our friendship, Dusty Balls 08. Friends off. Dustin Walls. He says, if you weren't such a small man, Jacob, uh, which Stop my name, Joe. Let's <laughs> get it right. <laughs> if you're going to call me a small, na- small man, at least get my name right. Is Jake or Jacob? Who, if you, if Jacob, Jacob Jacob's is not much my smaller. full name. Jake no, I know this. I'm name. saying Jacob is a much smaller man. You're Jake. I'm, I was just referencing because he said if you weren't such a small man. Jacob's the small guy. Get it right. We tuck Jacob away and we let Jake out. <laughs> All right. He says, which current jersey would you rock? Player and color scheme. Be at home, alternate away, color rush. Same question for me. All right. Um... Ooh, those white ones are nice. They are yeah. nice. I'd wear a white one. I would too. I'd wear a white one, and, and I would wear... Man, that's hard. I think I want to go Tyler Eifert, man. Really? I, yeah, I love Tyler Eifert, man. He, he's... I, I was devastated when he was hurt last year, and and yeah, I, I really enjoy Tyler Eifert when he's healthy. The things he can do are not things that anyone else in Bengals history can do. You are... Uh at a greater risk of being injured if you step out of your house in a Tyler Eifert jersey. Nope. He's going to nope. be healthy for the rest <laughs> of his career, goddammit. I own a – current players, I, I own a Geno Atkins and a A.J. Green jersey. But if I were to go get a color rush jersey, I'd try and get someone different, maybe someone young, someone that's going to be there for a while. I think a Jesse Bates jersey would be pretty cool. I consider Jesse Bates. I considered, I considered Bates. I considered Atkins. I considered – uh, William Jackson, I can. I'd like him to get extended at this point, just AJ. so I don't have a jersey for two years. Yeah, yeah, you gotta wait. You have to be, you have to think about these things. You know, yeah. how long do you want this jersey? Yeah, I'm you'd a, like I to get at least three years with how expensive they are. So I'd wear a Tyler Rayford jersey after he's gone, man. That dude's, he's special, special player. Next, uh, next question, Rocky Mountain Hude. That's a fun one. I guess he lives mm-hmm. in Colorado. Actually, the Rockies go everywhere. Anyway, at Duder the asks, if Sample is as good as they're hyping him up to be, do you think he will jump Uzama in the depth chart right away? Also, is there any word on how Malik Jefferson has been doing or how his standing is with the new staff? Uh, first, well, I've heard almost nothing on Jefferson, uh, so that's not great to hear and Honestly, I don't know how many opportunities he's getting. Uh, but Andrew Sample, if he's as good as they're hyping him to be, does he jump Uzama right away in the depth chart? I'm going to say no, and I'm going to say that because I think they play different positions. And I think that's part of the reason why they were so attracted to James Sample and a wide tight end type. And we've talked about tight end types before. A wide tight end is a guy you can put on the line of scrimmage. He can help you block defensive ends. He can climb up. He can block the, that Sam linebacker, those linebackers on the line. Uh, it, Uzama can do it, but he is more built like a move-type tight end. Same as Eifert, but not like Eifert, because Eifert's more of like a wide receiver at this point. So all three of them are different. Uzama's more of the H-back type or the the move guy. Eifert is a wide receiver, slot receiver by all definitions at this point. Uh, Sample will get his plays, but that doesn't mean he's going to replace Uzama. I think they will all play at some point, and potentially all three could be on the field at the same time. If they're all healthy, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they all come out at very similar snap counts at the end of the year. I know. Like each guy getting 25 snaps a game, if they're getting 75, that'd be excellent based on their recent history. Yeah, let's let's say 20 snaps. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's bring it back a little <laughs> bit. If they start to consistently get over 55 snaps, we're happy. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I, I also haven't heard anything about Malik Jefferson. We asked Kat Terrell about it, I think, last week, and most of she these she reporters are watching the offense primarily, and she did make a note, I think, that she was going to try to watch for Malik Jefferson this week. Maybe yeah. we should ask her again. Um, he's wearing he's, 45. He's definitely getting run with the second team, so it's not like, you know, I don't I know. I mean, of course he is, right? How much are you going to notice the second team linebackers unless it's Jermaine Pratt, who isn't even practicing? Exactly. And then you would think Pratt may play more than, I don't know. It all depends on, I think, a lot of factors. I think we're not going to know until preseason. Yeah. Or training camp when it's open. That's true. Uh, Sample, yeah, agree. If he's as good as they're hyping him up to be, I mean, they're making him sound like he's Gronkowski out there, but he's obviously not. We've talked about, I think, equal snaps is the more likely outcome. Yes. Next question from Joseph Mulvey, I believe. He said, I saw something about the defense running more five-man fronts. Is that going to essentially look like a, a 46 defense, which is uh, basically with one safety deep and then your safety walks up or it can be a linebacker. Anyways, um, what might the personnel look like? Does Sean Williams become a de facto linebacker? He might. So if they have five defensive linemen and four defensive backs, that leaves two spots. He's a linebacker, and, uh, but they probably want to get five defensive backs out there most of the time because nickel. So, yeah, right. then maybe Sean Williams is the second linebacker and they keep Vigil out there or something. I wonder right. how much they'll do it, though. I know they're talking about it, but is there really a place? I mean, this has been a trendy topic in the last few weeks, I feel like. Is there really a place in the NFL right now for five-man defensive lines? Yeah, I think you have to look at it differently, though. I think any 3-4 team is basically a five-man defensive line because those two outside linebackers are on the line of scrimmage a lot of times. So you have your 3-D linemen, your two edge guys are on the line. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. Carl Lawson's I, standing up, I don't care if he's a linebacker or, or, or a defensive end. He's an edge guy playing the, playing the same position. TJ Watt had 150 coverage snaps last year. That's Yeah, that's significant. And that, that's he means he's dropping in coverage a lot. So, uh, and yeah, I also But don't think, you need to drop one of those guys 50% of the time? On pass plays, yeah. On the run plays, you've got five guys on the on the on the line to help yeah. you defend the run, and I think that's where the advantage comes in on those. Yeah. Uh, because obviously, if you have less guys in coverage, you are prone to let up more pass plays. I mean, more yards per pass play and, and more efficiency. So you want you don't want to drop. You know, you don't want to always rush five guys. That some quarterbacks are going to pick you apart. My last point was going to be. Um, you could also look at other defenses and how they play. I would say the the Seattle and Jaguars with their over-under fronts, and because of it, they are kind of a hybrid-type yeah. defense. I haven't think the Ravens kind of fit in this recently in the last couple of years. Uh, but that outside linebacker is almost their fifth defensive yeah. lineman. So they're a 4-3 team, sort of. Uh, it's hard to even define but it without but showing But it is texture. a linebacker. It is a linebacker. If that linebacker is Carl Lawson, then he's not a linebacker. If it's T.J. White, he's not a linebacker. I mean, you feel good about those Watt guys. Watt dropped into coverage 150 okay. times, and he was awful there, but he did it. Right. You, and if you drop Carl Lawson into coverage 150 times this year and you're Lou Anaruma, you're doing your life wrong. Yes, Vaughn Miller, too. He doesn't drop into coverage, but he's listed as a linebacker. So, really, I mean, if they get, they're out there in a 4-3 type defense and he's the same linebacker or a weak side linebacker or whatever, it doesn't even matter. But if he's on the line of scrimmage, he is a de facto five defensive lineman down at that point. So, I think there's plenty of ways to do it without – you just have to think of it a little differently is my point. Next question here. Oh, you. You. It's up to you now. You're up, Jake. I was having a yawn. TRL oh. at C9087S. Are the players buying in to Lou Anarumo's defense? There hasn't been much news on the defense and what he's trying to accomplish. 
I listen to the podcast every day, by the way. 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100. That's it's a just little... telling, those are emojis, the 100. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, is he keeping it 100 or is the podcast 100? Yes. Yes, I agree. It is both. Uh, thing is, we don't get a lot of, about the defense still. We still have not. And we've questioned. We did get the five linemen little, little breadcrumb. And that right. does make sense when you start to talk about the background and the LeBeau stuff. And the stuff. zone blitz and stuff. Yep. They dropped Sam Hubbard in, and in the coverage, still rush four guys potentially. And if it was five guys on the D line, okay, well then there's Sam Hubbard's kind of doing your TJ Watt. You know what? I'm going to be pretty proud if they end up running LeBeau stuff and sniffing that out from the guys they hired. You did your homework. You were really looking for any nugget you could find, and you said, you know what? Sounds like some LeBeau hybrid defense. Stuff. A lot of these guys have LeBeau LeBeau ties. Yeah. Right. So. And we'll talk about Dick LeBeau when we get to podcast number 600 in, in the year 1997 <laughs> or whatever it was. I'm pretty uh, close. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we don't have much. We're going to update you guys as much as we know about the defense when we know. It's a lot of speculation. It's a lot of getting tidbits of one or two plays and trying to run with it. I wish we had more to tell you. We would talk about it more if we had more. This is like beat writers when they're like, hey, man, is Tyler Eifert healthy? would be like, man, we would tell you if we knew. Right. We don't know at this point. Yeah. We can make it up and talk about some cool, exciting stuff, but that wouldn't, that wouldn't be cool. Anyway, he's running a new defense. So one, right. one, 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 six. And I'd like to count your, your ones there and make There's sure there's five. Too many ones. Too Unless many we ones. end up with 12 guys on the field. I think now, 12 men. Defense. Yeah. But, but since they're all ones, it's going to confuse the refs and that's how you get 12 men on the field. We've got our last question now, Jake. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's, the last. Let's, let's get me out of here. Okay, you're 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 losing <laughs> you're losing yourself. It's from Andrew Goddard, I want to say. Yeah, that G-A-U-D-E-R. sounds right. A U D E R. Yeah, sure. Okay, he says thoughts on the current B logo. Would you change it? And if so, what would you do to it? New Day should have a new look. No, I would love it if they went back to the tiger, but oh, short of the tiger, I would. I think it'd be cool if they found a way to just incorporate the stripes into the midfield a little bit somehow, like fade them in somehow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. It's just an idea. Also, it'd be really cool if when the Bengals host Thursday night football and they wear those whiteout jerseys, if they can make the end zone also white and black. Oh, that costs some money, but that would be awesome. It'd but you be can't so because of the cool. whites. You can't have white on white. With what the, you, oh. Because the out of bounds. Damn. Yeah, you'd have to like trace it in orange what if, at least. Uh, isn't this a thing somewhere though? Oh, in basketball, in basketball they do like the inverse. Well, they'll put, yeah. Can, I, you would think they'd allow them the freedom to make the out of bounds orange. Make it make it black or something. Sure, probably could do black, black. It's black and white, but you know what I mean. Yes, and and as far as the logo goes, like I was walking through the mall the other day with my wife and. There's a sports store, and they had these awesome wooden plaques. They were all carved, and they had real cool lines and, and wood grain in them. And they had a bunch of logos from different sports teams. And they had a Bengals, but it was a B. Oh, it was and a I B? Said, yeah. And I said, I'm not getting it. It's so unexciting in sports memorabilia, even more so than, than on the field. It's I, My memorabilia has really cut down on the Bengals since they went to the B, to be honest with you. I love that big tiger head. I love the leaping Bengal. Honestly, yeah. bring those both back, and I'm I'm down to buy some things again, and put them on the wall. But uh, yeah, I can't just can't do anything with the B. It's just so generic. It is so a uh, kindergartner could have come up with that. It just there's nothing there. There's a lot they could do with with the tiger mascot too. That would yeah. be badass and cool. Right. Like, they have, I have, they have options. 
but now, a, but but they have a B with stripes on it. Right. Please. I think I have I have from a 2012 game or so. It might have been earlier than that. Um, it's a cup with a Bengal, like a, a, a rocked up, jacked up Bengal wearing a Bengals jersey. He's a big tiger and he's got a football in his hand and he's running. And remember the old logo of the Bengal tiger running and he's got a helmet on and uh, he's got the ball in his hand. I'm talking like this is an old, old logo. And uh, you got to look it up. And uh yeah, they could update that completely. Maybe I'll yeah. draw that up. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, mock it up. Get a job at the Bengals as an artist. You know, those guys don't get paid for that stuff, really. No. The, the guy who came up with the uh, black suit Spider-Man costume, he submitted it. Like, wouldn't this be a great idea? And they're like, yes. And now that's Venom. And, and now get... that's mine. <laughs> right. And you now made they... this? I Just... made this. <laughs> right. Here, here's credit. Here's a one-liner credit. Yeah. So that's that's not worth it. But that's the world we live in. Anyway, that will do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back next week with. It'll be June, so we're gonna be, you know, we're getting we're getting. Oh, it's hard. We're almost to training camp. I don't know. I'm impressed how many people are still sticking with us on this. We do appreciate that. Come back six weeks later and not miss a thing. You miss us. Don't and do that, though. We're hilarious. Probably. Every download is like 12 cents for us. So uh, we appreciate it. Nope. Not even. It's a half a cent, right? I don't think so. You don't think it's a half? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, We'll be back next week. Until then, look for the podcast on the new podcast app, Himalaya. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated lists and new features every day. Discover new podcasts, but mostly listen to us. You can find us also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Give us a rating. Give us a like. We really appreciate that. Until next time, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.